This episode of the Real-Time History Podcast is sponsored by Nebula. Subscribe to Nebula to listen to this podcast and watch all our Real-Time History videos earlier and ad-free. You also get access to exclusive historical deep-dive documentaries like our World War II series 16 Days in Berlin and Rhineland 45 on the dramatic and decisive final stage of the Second World War. Sign up for Nebula at nebula.tv slash Real-Time History Podcast for just $30 for an entire year and support this show. Hi everyone, this is Flo, not Indy as usual. Um, I'm here for you to listen to the Great War Channel podcast, uh, a, a side project to our YouTube channel where we interview uh, historians, scholars who also work with World War One to give you a few additional perspectives that you might not get by just watching our show. And today uh, I have a guest here from Berlin actually, we are in the studio in Berlin and uh, he's Oliver and he's going to introduce himself to you now. Yeah, I'm Oliver Jans. I'm a professor of modern history at the Freie University in Berlin. And I'm a specialist of World War I, also of, uh, generally speaking, of 19th and 20th century German and Italian history. Great to be here. Thanks for uh, coming by. Um, you Now, just in the pre-recording, you actually said you're sometimes considered Mr. World War I. <laughs> well, just... Here in Berlin, I would say, and um, and maybe one one of the one of the experts in in, in Germany, where um, the interest for World War One is not so high as in other countries, especially Anglo-Saxon countries like like Great Britain uh, and Australia, uh, for instance. Yeah. Is that is that something that uh, changed in the centennial now? Well, yes, I, there is, um, in the younger generation, we, we, we certainly have more uh, younger scholars dealing again with the, with the First World War. But um, in the older generation, it's, uh, it's a sideshow, the First World War in German historiography. Um, it was a great debate, of course, and a great theme in the 60s of the last centuries with the Fischer debate. But um, and then in the 70s and 80s there was a turn to everyday life and, uh, and social history of the Great War. But it never the, the Great War never regained uh, the importance it had in the 60s when Fritz Fischer made his claim that uh, well Germany had planned the the First World War. Um, um, for a long time and and deliberately, uh, well, started the the war. This was of great, of course, a great uh, great news and uh, and uh, uh, highly debated um, because it meant that um, Germany not only um, started the Second World War, but that uh, Hitler and the Second World War. Come, come from afar, so to speak, have a long history. So it was a debate on the, on the on German history in general, modern German history in general. It, it's a debate so big in in Germany that even I, who didn't study history, know about it. And I think I mean even I even knew about it before I started working for this channel. I think it's like it's one of the classic public debates of German 
like the German culture establishment, basically. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, because it was about uh, German history in general and German identi identity. And the question basically was, was Hitler just an incident, uh, an accident in German history, or was it the culmination of a uh, longer, of a, of a peculiar path in German history, and especially a path which led to, to imperialism and... Uh, uh, and a special kind of nationalism and things like this. So it was about German identity. Mm -hmm. um, now, um, for the centennial, I mean, there were a few uh, important projects. One of the projects is one that you are uh, working on right now, uh, which is the Encyclopedia Encyclopedia of the First World War, yeah. uh, which is an English language encyclopedia. So everybody who is listening can check it out. It's, uh, it has been a great overview source for us. Um, could you tell us a bit more about the project and how it came to be? Yes, of course. Um, well, the the idea was to uh, to create a truly transnational and global encyclopedia of the First World War um, uh, and make it accessible. Uh, to uh, really a large uh, public and large uh, audience. And um, the, the idea was born when, with some colleagues um, uh, when we had a look at um, uh, the, encyclopedia, the existing encyclopedias, uh, all of them in print, and uh, they were like uh, five, six, seven years ago, there were... Basically, um, there was a French one, there was uh, a German one, and there was an Italian version of the French one. And all these encyclopedia were A, in print, uh, uh, and not online, and B, they were all um, imbued with, um, with uh, national perspectives, so to speak. Not, not that they were nationalist in, in, or nationalistic, But uh, the authors mainly came from one country or from from two or three usual suspect countries, and and they were all, the content was also not um, global, I would say, and um, and really comparative and transnational, and so the our idea was, hey, we we need we need something different, we need something more encompassing, more global, more transnational, um, and um, we need it, um, we need really to get the, the people in, uh, we, we need to, to write this uh, encyclopedia, not just from Berlin and Paris and Oxford and, and uh, Harvard or so, uh, but really to, to get the, the local competence in, in, in various countries and regions of of the world. Um, we need to bring that in. And so we, that was the basic idea. So we started to, to work on that project and, um, and uh, we, we went a long way. Um, but uh, now uh, this is probably the biggest network in First World War studies uh, in the world. We have 1,000 authors, editors and external referees. Uh, from more than 50 countries in the world. We have, uh, since the, the launch in um, end of 2014, we have published uh, more than 1,200 articles. 
uh, not only short entries on single persons or events, but also long handbook articles on entire countries or big themes like uh, women's mobilization in war, things like this, or prisoners of war. And, um, well, I guess it's um, not only the biggest network uh, or publication of this kind, um, it would easily fill more than 35 volumes of an encyclopedia if you print it out. Yeah? Uh, it's not only the, 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 the biggest enterprise in the field of First World War Studies, maybe one of the biggest um, p- publication projects in the humanities uh, uh, as such um, in the world. Yeah. <clears throat> And um, this um, global collaborative approach mm-hmm. um, Do you maybe have one or two examples on how this um, um, played out in individual articles or how it changed uh, certain perspectives or uh, preconceptions? Um, well, it's um, the the idea was to 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 regionalize certain themes. It, um, that means we have not just um, an article, a long article on prisoners of war um, in general, but we have um, articles on prisoners of war in, uh, in, in Germany and France and, and Great Britain and so on, Italy, but also Japan and, um, or all the colonies. Um, and that means you bring in very diverse and hitherto unknown perspectives in There have been German prisoners in Japan, for instance, during the First World War, um, or prisoners, German prisoners taken in the in the colonies, which then have been brought to Australia. Um, so the, you get when you do things like this, uh, go really in depth, then you get um, a, a very a very diverse picture and. And you can you can really compare the experiences, for instance, of prisoners of war, uh, prisoners of war, or other groups, and um, it, as as you may know, they have been treated very differently in different countries, and not only treated differently in different countries, different t- groups of prisoners have been treated differently in one country, like say Germany or Austria. Um, for many reasons, so a highly complex, um, uh, such a highly complex uh, theme needs really um, well this comparative approach, and you need specialists from for many countries. So we, I, I guess, we have more than 20 articles only on prisoners of war, and um, well, always a, a general overview article which tries to to bind that to wrap that all up, of course. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe another another example of of where we clearly uh, go beyond what um, um, the the current state of affairs is that we also and th- this was not planned from the beginning. I have to say this came with uh, with on the road uh, was that we look in, at uh, neutral countries. Um, the neutrals have been very for a long time overlooked in in the. In the in the history of the in First World War studies, because um, First World War studies have been focused very much on military uh, and political, purely political 
uh, aspects. And if you look at societies um, on economy, you you will uh, you immediately see that a country like Spain or Denmark is highly affected um, economically, uh, but also in terms of society by, by the First World War. For instance, Denmark mobilized a huge amount of soldiers. They never went to war, but since Denmark expected either an attack by Germany or a landing by um, uh, allied uh, British mainly troops, uh, they mobilized um, their army and they mobilized the whole society. And this meant the men were absent from families, like in belligerent countries, and you have very similar uh, consequences. Uh, um, of course, they did not die. This is, of course, a important difference, but, you know, this yeah. is things like this. So we have a, a whole section now on Denmark alone, a whole section on Sweden alone, on Spain, Netherlands, uh, Switzerland alone. We have like 20 articles on Switzerland, for instance. And um, Yeah, yeah. we we also uh, started covering a lot of the neutral countries per mm -hmm. request from our fans in different episodes. And, uh, I mean, like uh, Denmark is, an, you know, a, a case where, you know, the, you can see the consequences uh, mm -hmm. by still seeing that they were basically at peace. But, I mean, if you look at other countries like Albania or Persia, which were neutral, but definitely were not neutral in terms of like how they were perceived and I mean there was uh, armed forces and um, fighting even. Uh, Abs absolutely, but the same is true for, for the United States. Um, the, to to um, neatly separate the, the history of the United States during the First World War in the face of neutrality and belligerence is misleading in a way because um, the country was um, was involved in the war much before April uh, 1917 in many ways. I mean, there were volunteers, there were um, fighting for France and, and so on. Um, there were um, nurses and um, medical personnel um, employed uh, voluntarily and but um, but the whole society was was kind of mobilized and shaken by by of course by the the debate on on um, whether to remain neutral or not and um, uh, you have enemy the enemy alien problem uh, much before um, um, April seventeen and um, and so uh, and of course financially and eco economically one cannot say that the United States have been. Neutral, really neutral. I mean, you yeah. know, J.P. Morgan uh, 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 succeeded in burying the access to Germans to to, to Wall Street, uh, and and uh, but of course uh, the best and the, the the British, the Entente, they had access to Wall Street, and this is a, a huge difference. A huge, huge difference. Yeah, mm -hmm. and. Um, you, you said in the beginning that um, it should be the the project, the encyclopedia, should not just be something that is, um, you know, uh, work accessible by uh, academics or scholars, but that is also something that is um, accessible to the public. How di how difficult was it? I mean, considering the scope you just described, to make such a project accessible for someone who's maybe just interested in quotation marks in the in the war. Um. Well, uh, we're working under the open access paradigm from right from the beginning because we had um, we have public funded by German Research Council, which means this is public money. So, um, uh, if 
the, so open access that's that's given. We we, we, we do not charge anything. So, so that means that um, that that makes it highly highly well um, highly accessible. And we have uh, more than three thousand three million um, had to, more than three million visitors since the start. But if your question is how do we uh, bridge the gap between academic content? And a wider audience. Yeah. So that, 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 okay, that was your question. Um, oh, well, it, it is our our ambition is to to um, uh, to give or to pu publish the the um, valid academically or scientifically valid information, um, state of the art. Research um, that is our that is our um, uh, ambition and um, uh, but and, and and this we 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 achieve this by by um, um, evaluating every article um, uh, in a two step um, um, process. Um, so it's every article is refereed um, uh, two times. But at the same time, we what what um, traditional academic publishing, usually in print especially, does not do because it's not possible. We enrich the content with images, with external links to um, resources in the web, not necessarily academic resources, but say, um, well, simply sources and and. Um, we we also um, uh, link the articles among them, of course, um, in, more, in order that you can navigate uh, semantically. Yeah, you don't have to read the whole article. You can, like in Wikipedia, you can you can navigate uh, from just from one sentence to 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 a, to a sentence with a similar content in another article, which which is much more the way. Young people um, take in information today, yeah. so all this makes it makes it certainly um, does not turn it into a popular project, but it makes it interesting for for not only for for scholars or or um, university students. And we we have enthusiastic um, feedback uh, from high school teachers all from Canada, from the U.S., all over the world, who say I I, I use this resource with my with my students in um, you know high schools, and uh, so that proves uh, in a way that this this works. Yeah. And uh, all, the, all the articles you publish, of course, have a, bi a bibliography in the end, so people can expand their reading if they want to. Their sources mentioned and everything. Yes, yeah, yeah. We have um, every article goes with a bibliography, and the the bibliography of every article, the, the, the bibliographies are accumulated in in a system which is called Sotero, so that you have. And now we have like nine thousand. Um, uh, items in the in our bibliography, and you can you can search that and filter by languages, by themes, and you can say, "Give me all uh, all uh, books and um, entries in Japanese." Yeah, and and this makes it, uh, of course, uh, highly usable. I would say. Mm -hmm. So, so here's a bit of a mean question: Do you have a favorite article? 
Um, well, my own, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Which one would that be? It's, it's apart from the introduction, it's an article on commemoration and mourning in Italy after the First World War. Uh, uh, during and after the First World War, uh, this was, of course, a joke. Uh, certainly mm. not the best article in the uh, in the encyclopedia. Um, well, I I like the articles on on the hitherto neglected um, uh, subjects in in general because this is our strong you know, strong point. But there are so many that I I would not like really to name one. I mean, just have a look at it, and you will find so many that. Uh, you will uh, immediately um, grasp what I what's what I mean. Yeah. Is it um, uh, is it difficult? Um, I mean, you said in the beginning the First World War here in Germany, for example, is a topic which is not so popular. I would assume that this is the case in other countries too. That might also only be you know tangibly part of the of the war. Is it difficult to um, to to do to research these um, these topics of often neglected topics, even like basically the niche within a niche kind of topics? Um, <clears throat> well, it's we we all we have problems with, with certain themes. For instance, the economic history of the First World War is under research. It has has been researched quite a lot in back in the in the sixties and and one has to say well, in the twenties of the twentieth century, but it uh, in the last decade has been certainly neglected. Um, we um, us but usually it's it's amazing how in in say countries like Japan or the Netherlands or Switzerland, which you would uh, you would presume these are countries where where you, you don't find specialists. Uh, uh, there are specialists. We we have found them. Uh, of course, not for every. Uh, there are open articles and. Um, the, you will find we have a call for articles for, and call for authors. By the way, you will find the articles where we have difficulties to find authors. You will, they are they are in, they are listed. Um, I, will, there I, will, I will put a link to that yeah. in the description of the podcast. Yeah, yeah thanks. And um, so uh, people can 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 flag uh, if if they want to write an article, we are we are looking author for. They can also suggest new articles, yeah. So, and this is how very often we, well, we are enriching the content by, by, by these proposals, basically. And um, yeah, has has there been? Uh, uh, you mentioned neutral countries. Have there been other topics where you, which you would didn't have on your radar when you started the project, that uh, you just um, got your attention when people, um, more yeah. and more people were uh, suggesting them. Um, yes, um, generally speaking, I mean, we started with the idea that we that this is a global war. But at the beginning, we mm, we, for instance, we put the white dominions together in one box, and then we 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 learned that there's so much research to be done there, and there's so much content that we that. We have to create single sections for, but also for Africa. We started where with the idea: well, let's make one section just Africa or something like this, and and then we this this became bigger and bigger and more important um, on the way because we because different regions in Africa have been affected quite differently. 
uh, you have very diff different um, research networks dealing with these regions. So, again, here we oh, we have en we have enlarged this, but and, and also there, the countries like Malaysia or or. Um, Thailand, or which we didn't have on on our radar, certainly um, China as well was was is a issue here, and so certainly the global dimension was is, is much bigger now than um, India, of course, than it was in our original plan. Mm. Yeah, that's something that also clicked for us. I mean, uh, it's I mean it's called a, a world war, but I mean uh, if you look at you know past p uh, popular media approaches and everything, it certainly yeah, it's, doesn't feel like it sometimes. Exactly. The latest um, a new section we, we are creating is on the centenary of the First World War itself. So this it's a public history section, if you want. It's uh, um, a whole section with, say, well, we'll have 50, 60 long articles on the way the this global war is uh, remembered um, uh, today uh, in, 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 in the years of the centenary and we will have articles on every relevant country, um, not only the big ones, but also on, on themes, uh, uh, on different media, um, on, on the, uh, the centenary in the internet. For instance, what we are doing here, yeah, yeah, basically, uh, because this is the probably the first big historical anniversary, which is also to a great degree um, done, so to speak, in, um, in 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 the internet or present in the internet. I can't think of any other big anniversary which had such an important um, internet dimension, so to speak. It's, it's, uh, and, this, and this makes turns it into a paradigm or a, an example or a forerunner or the, a first case, so to speak, a laboratory, because other big anniversaries say, whatever, uh, 100 years uh, Second World War will certainly be present in the internet to an even greater degree in the future. Yeah. Mm. Um, we are recording this now in uh, December 2017. Uh, mm -hmm. Next year is 2018, so it's uh, the centennial of what you know, what, what officially is always uh, considered the end of the First World War, the end year, because you know yep. the, of the armistice on the Western Front. But uh, I mean, if you if if you look at the events after November uh, 1918. <coughs> um, <coughs> I mean, they didn't live uh, happily ever after. So, how, how are you going to deal with, um, yeah, with these kinds of events? I get it. Yeah. Um, uh, well, we are we are we are considering and have considered this 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 war um, right from the start, not only as a global war, uh, but also as a long war, uh, or uh, or as not as the Great War only, but as a greater war as some people, some colleagues call it. That means that really um, from, especially from the, from the global or not uh, Western European perspective, um, 
uh, so one thing is connected to the other. Um, the the 1918 is not the end of the First World War. I mean, of course, formally it is, and uh, there was a, a armistice with uh, the Ottoman Empire in 19 October 1918. Of course, formally speaking, the First World War ended there as well. But it, this is a more, very formal way to to look at it. It's um, as you know, uh, the for Russia or Eastern Europe, um, really a, the uh, October and November 1918 is not a seizure. It's the it's the revolution on the one hand, and then the end of the civil war, which is, comes much later. So there is a continuum between the First World War and the civil war, of course, and the civil war cost more lives than uh, than the First World War even uh, to Russia. And for the whole Near and Middle East, um, again, you can, the same argument is true. It's um, the war goes on uh, in the form, um, not so much uh, of a civil war, but a, a regional wars uh, between um, uh, the new Turkish Republic and Armenia and Greece and uh, against the Western Allies, of course, and. And um, again, here, here again, uh, millions die, and this is, has been overlooked for so, for so many times. But Ireland is another case. No, even in, in, in Western Europe, um, the war goes on, um, you know, the War of Independence, and in Ireland, um, is, um, which, by the way, results in, in Great Britain losing probably more territory than Germany in the First World War. <laughs> Um, uh, is is another case in point. So, how are we dealing with? We we have a, a one sixth of our content is devoted to what we call post-war, um, dealing with all these aspects. Uh, not only the wars after the war, um, the conflicts of the war, the peace treaties, but also the economic consequences, the social consequences. Just think of the welfare schemes which have which have emerged after the First World War. I mean, uh, really, the welfare state has made a great leap um, forward um, because of the Great War, because you had all these victims, uh, traumatized uh, orphans and uh, mutilated um, people and, and, and so on and so forth, which you had to deal with. Um, social consequences, um, internal upheaval, uh, revolutions, um, uh, of course, somewhere you have to stop, uh, otherwise you would turn it in a, into an encyclopedia of the 20th century, which it is not. Uh, of course, we have an article on Hitler, but uh, because he... He fought in the he, war. He fought in the war, uh, uh, but somewhere in the 20s, I mean, somewhere we end, I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I mean, I think this uh, will probably also give us uh, a lot of um, material to think about, because, I mean... Yeah, obviously the channel is also approaching mm -hmm. the magical November 11th date and uh, mm -hmm. we will have to think about how to wrap it up and where to. So I will definitely check out the post-war section. Um, mm -hmm. I recommend everybody of our fans to um, check out the encyclopedia. Um, what Holly Oliver said, if you're an expert in a, in a topic or if you know someone who is an expert and uh, there's always an open call for authors and for papers. And, um, well, and, and we're working on even more ways to to make the project more collaborative oh, and that. more interactive. Yeah. Um, so far, it was a little bit top down, so to speak, a classical academic project. 
um, but um, we we will um, very soon there will be a comment function, and comments of course can lead to versionizing of articles that, that you know if if the comments are make sense uh, um, and if they contain some some constructive critique and then the the author of the article will 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 have to take that in and maybe he will be asked to publish a second version by the way versions will all be kept will all remain accessible and there will even uh, be a track changes functions you can you will comp- be able it you're already a- able to track changes between different versions of the same article and um, there will be a my encyclopedia function um, very soon, which means um, you can customize a little bit uh, the content for you. You can create a section for your own um, purpose, download material, and create a, a workspace, so to speak. Maybe, well, this is an ideal function for for, for a working group or a, um, a, a course, a university seminar or course. Uh, for teachers um, who can build on the basis of the encyclopedia uh, really their their own environment and um, so and there will also be a block function where you where you can where, where people can post um, well whatever information is relevant to to, to the encyclopedia yeah. and um, the, the the articles and all the information that is there um, is not just um, accessible um, in terms of a, of a web page people can also download it uh, in various reader formats so that it might be more suitable for reading on the go oh that's already possible yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. of course you can download uh, every article as a PDF and uh, and in other formats as well that's that's already I, I'm glad there. that you say of course that's possible but uh, I'm sure there's plenty of other platforms which which won't allow that so that I wanted to point it out if you for example have an e-reader or something you can also enjoy your articles there absolutely um, well thanks Oliver I think this was uh, very enlightening um, we it's highly rec- hi- highly recommend the project it's um, it's a great addition um, to, to the topics we t- cover in the show um, definitely check it out um, and um, yeah, and keep an eye on the, the changes Oliver just described. So um, thank you. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure.